When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. What's going on, Bears fans? As you know, sports betting season is in full force right now, which means you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for nearly three decades, thriving, paying you the loyal customer. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses. So join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using code CHICAGO125. BetUS is all your NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and odds. Plus, Best US gives you plenty of options in addition to the NFL. You can bet at college football games, PGA golf, UFC matches, the NBA, and more. They have every bet type imaginable, and the BetUS mobile platform is easy to use with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash in on your 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up-to-date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. What's up, Bears fans, and welcome to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Moriano, and as usual, I am joined by the one, the only, Mason West. Mason, how are you doing today, man? If we had a soundboard right now, right, we'd be playing, like, that tornado warning you had, like, that goes off every, like, the first of the Monday of the month or whatever. Like, it's, today is a hectic day in the Twitterverse. Uh, it's a hectic day, like, all over the place. Uh, it, it's fun. It's interesting. A uh, good way to be, you know, to start our holiday season. It, it definitely is, and with all the news going on right now in the NFL with with COVID, and it's it's been a pretty crazy last what couple twenty four hours, and we're I think we're still waiting to see what's going to happen with everything going on. But I think Mason, that's kind of where before we even talk about this Bears Vikings game, I think that's where we kind of need to start this conversation, start this podcast, really about what is going on in the NFL and 
Like if you're just on Twitter, you're seeing all the updates where the Rams are at currently, where the Browns are at with their COVID. And now, you know, the Bears, obviously. So Mason, can you just fill us in on just anything that we need to know about the new protocols and what's kind of going on at this point? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, like the entire NFL is going back into lockdown, essentially. So, you know, there's a couple of things that go along with that, that affect they're going to affect the players specifically. Um, so like no gathering groups of more than three of tier one, two or three individuals, uh, no public appearances, you know, cutting down on clubs, bars, parties, uh, mandatory masking, regardless of vaccination status, no in-person meetings, unless they're held outdoors or in a practice bubble with all the individuals socially distanced and reduced capacity in weight rooms of no more than 15 people at once meals being grab and go staff and players can't eat together, you know, staff and players being prohibited from receiving visitors at hotels, uh, going out for dinners or entertainment on the road you know, things of that nature. Um, so it's really a heavier shift back to what was going on last offseason and throughout last season, which is definitely hard on the players, right? You know, one of the biggest things with that was how it affected them being around loved ones and just having that quote-unquote normal lifestyle. Um, and at this point in time, that's just like what they have to do. And, you know, in addition to that now, there's they're shifting the way they're going to do the testing a bit too. Um, when it comes to that, under current current protocols right now, right, a vaccinated individual who tests positive must have two negative tests 24 hours apart before being cleared to return. And so now there's more ways for a fully vaccinated in player and staff to, te to test out, as you could say, of COVID protocols in return from quarantine in less than 10 days. Um, it's very technical, uh, but should mean more players and coaches returning sooner. Basically, you know, the new protocols lessen that requirement and allow fully vaccinated individuals to be released from quarantine provided they are asymptomatic for at least 24 hours, depending on their PCR or their uh, MESA tests. And those PCR MESA tests can be done just literally the next day and the two tests that you traditionally do um, within that same day even. So like you could still be positive, like say you're playing on that Monday game, right? You can still be testing positive on Saturday, arguably even Sunday, and then still make it to that Monday game. Um, there are no return to play chains for unvaccinated players. So, you know, you could argue whether this is the NFL trying to still push players to get vaccinated just to make that easier. But again, it is returns possible one day after that initial positive test and uh, vaccinated players still will test weekly. Unvaccinated will still test daily. Um, that's kind of the rundown in terms of the general thought process. Obviously, you can kind of throw your hat in the ring uh, where you think the NFL is trying to go with this. Um, it's still well known that a player that is asymptomatic or not a player, even a person that is asymptomatic test positive for COVID can still spread COVID. So, you know, is it the NFL just trying to keep their product on the field? Is it the best health scenario? Um, it's kind of up to you to decide that. And the NFL put out this statement regarding these protocol updates. And I quote, throughout the pandemic, we have continuously evolved our protocols to meet our goal of advancing the safety of the players, coaches, and staff. The changes we are making today aim to address the increase in cases and the advent of the Omicron variant. Effective immediately, all clubs will implement preventative measures that have proven effective, masking regardless of vaccination status, remote or outdoor meetings, eliminating in-person meals, and no outside visitors while on team travel. We will continue to strongly encourage booster shots as the most effective protection. Finally, and based on expert advice, we will adjust the return to participation requirements for those who have recovered from COVID-19 all of these changes are grounded in our data and science-backed approach with safety, our number one goal for the entire NFL community. End quote. Well, that is a, 
that last quote is interesting there yep. with safety being the number one priority and basically being able to test out. I feel like it is contradictory to that, that the final statement there, all these ways to test out, but that's, that's the reality of where the NFL is. It's like basically again, the 2020 version that we all had to get used to just, and now the NFL players and the NFL needs to get back and used to it. And, you know, obviously this has hit the Bears pretty hard today. You you look at their Thursday practice report and you just look at the illness section or the COVID reserve list. You have Allen Robinson, Eddie Jackson, Jesse James, Joel E.A. Buniwe, Ryan Nall, Isaiah Coulter, all being added to that. Plus, in addition to all three of the Bears coordinators being Bill Lazor, Sean Desai, and Chris Tabor. So I think there's a total, is it 12, if I'm not mistaken? Um, that are currently on the, that COVID slash reserve list? Yeah, 12 players, because there were some of the previous ones, like Artie Burns, uh, Sam Kamara, Elijah Wilkinson, who's been on the list for, I think, about three years now. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, and then you have just your your did not practice today. And my God, this is, this is I think, he's the longest one of the season here, Mason. You have Xavier Crawford, Annie Dolan, Marquise Goodwin, Jesper Horsett, DeAndre Houston Carson, Jason Pierce, Kyrus Tongue, Khalil Herbert, Cole Komet, David Montgomery, Jakeem Grant. Uh, I put uh, Dames Daniels, uh, James Daniels, James Daniels, Dame Daniels, and Tevin Jenkins. But, but we have a full participation from Justin Fields and Akeem Hicks. So, yeah, the Bears are. Yeah, no, there's a lot of guys that are – the Bears are back. The Bears are back. But, uh, yeah, they are hurting right now. And basically before we, we went live, we, we were kind of saying, like, let's see where this goes. Like, this is only Thursday night as we're recording this podcast. Who's to say tomorrow what that number could be, the number of uh, players on this list? Like, with all this, like, I, I know I'm probably – yeah, no more Hallis Hall, which kind of stinks that tomorrow's the only day I get to go to the weekend. Actually, I'm on break from the high school work. So I was uh, course, going. Right? Of and, and of course it's probably not going to happen anymore, which I'm like, yeah, that's, that's how, that's how it usually works. But no, this is uh something that's obviously not just affecting the bears, but a lot of teams right now. And it's going to be interesting to see who the bears even have available uh, come Monday night. And maybe they're, they're That's that helps them a little bit. They get that extra day and being a night game, but man, that's just, it's just a lot of players, Mason. Yeah. It's, it's tough because when you're layering on the problem, and this is going to kind of lead us now to our discussion about the actual state of the team. Um, so obviously, you know, Jason Peters got hurt, high ankle sprain. I mean, that's a multi-week injury. So, you know, you're imagining Larry Borm and Tevin Jenkins are holding down the fort. Then, you know, yesterday, I believe it was Larry Borm gets put in the COVID protocols. So now you're like, okay, well, who's going to, are you going to shift over Jenkins to right tackle? What do you think is going to happen there? Jenkins is now on the illness section. Uh, there is this, blue cold something that is going around um that you know there are a couple guys i think horstead herbert Matt montgomery grant daniels jenkins those are the illness people um you know they're they, they haven't tested positive so i mean they tank jenkins could still play uh who else was it uh activated of ir jermaine fetty was activated off ir along with duke shelley which felt at least to me for fetty he was on ir for a long time and I kind of felt he was getting the, uh, oh man, who was, who was the slot last year? I'm having a brain fart. Who had a concussion for like eight weeks? Oh, t- we're not talking about Taylor Gabriel, are we? No, or... no, no. The slot, the slot corner who had the concussion last year. Oh, it was not uh, 
Why am I, the am I trying to... Oh, uh, Buster Screen. Thank you. I think he's almost the Buster Screen treatment where it was like, Buster Screen still has his concussion. And then now all of a sudden, Fetty, it's like, oh, our tackles are either hurt or, you know, in COVID. Oh, Fetty, you're good now. Let's get back in there, champ. Um, so it's like you, you just said, especially based on this new protocol they're rolling out, this could all be for now. Like literally tomorrow, everyone could be off the list because they all test negative. Um, to put my PT hat on for a quick second, though, uh, there's some stuff you apply to all tests called specificity and sensitivity. Uh, specificity. Um, is ability to roll something in in terms of it being true sensitivity is ability to roll something out and you you lose that sensitivity and specificity the more tests you do right i always like compare it to flipping a coin if you flip a coin six times four happen to be heads and two tails if you keep flipping it eventually you'll probably get some more tails it'll be 50 50 because that's just kind of the odds same thing here i mean yes technically they may have they may test negative tomorrow but is it a true valid test when you had a positive literally the day before that's up to you to decide what's going on there and do you care more about your product in the field or the health and safety of not just the players but the coaches the personnel the people they're going home to etc etc well mason according to the memo they care about the safety of the players but a lot yeah (laughs) they care a lot air quotes um yeah so that was a lot that was all what we need to we needed to talk about this before we talk about this Bears Vikings game because we wouldn't be doing you know our job as as a as a podcast if we didn't mention all that uh prior to the game but I think Mason we we will now talk about that game but before we move on to our discussion about this week's opponent the Minnesota Vikings I have to tell you about the Knuckleheads podcast Hosted by former NBA players Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles, the guys bring some one of the best of, of the NBA players past and present on this podcast to have a completely unguarded conversation about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. The guests for this season include Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and the Chicago Bulls star guard DeMar DeRozan. So listening to Quinn Richardson and Darius Miles do their thing is like playing a game of NBA 2K with no fouls. So make sure you check out the Knuckleheads podcast when wherever you listen to your podcast. Knuckleheads podcast, you guys, check it out. So Mason, now let's get into this discussion about the Bears and Vikings. Vikings are at 6-7 and seven on the year, a team that I think looking at them and just – you know, you always kind of look at what the NFC North is doing, monitoring them, right? They, they've had a lot of close games. Like, you feel like even – it started very first game, week one against the Bengals, where they went into overtime and lost to um, the Bengals there. But it's like they've been so many close games, and this reminds me so much of when the Bears were about to play the Baltimore Ravens, a team that had been in so many close games but knew how to overcome and win a lot of those. The Vikings, on the other hand, have been a little inconsistent in that area where, you know, they'll eventually they'll, they'll lose some of those games. They may win. Look, they beat – they lost just recently to the winless Detroit Lions and gave them their first win of the season and barely beat them the first time. But the Vikings are a team that, hey, we are, I think a lot of us watched that, what, Thursday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers and saw Dalvin Cook go crazy against a team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, who had beat the Bears. So – you know, Mason, when you think of the Minnesota Vikings, what 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 comes to mind? What is it that you think about when 
You just hear this team there at six and seven. What's the, what are your thoughts? One of the first things I think of honestly, when I hear Vikings this year is spoiler team. I think they're a team that for the rest of the season, uh, they're just going to be the one that kind of is annoying, right? The, like they're playing in the Packers uh, in a couple of weeks, they're playing the Rams. They're a team that could go out all of a sudden and either beat that a team like that or push them far. Like you mentioned, uh, they, I mean, they lost by three in overtime to the Ravens. They uh, lost by one after putting up 33 points. They lost 34 to 33 against the Cardinals. That's a very good defense to put 33 points up on. But then, like you said, I mean, barely beating the Lions once and then losing to them. Um, they beat the Seahawks, but the Seahawks just aren't necessarily like who we thought they were. Um, same thing, even like, but they're, they're a team that will play hard at this point and have the explosivity with some of their players. They have Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, as long as he isn't playing a night game to play well. <laughs> and then they've overall had a pretty solid defense. But the problem is they've also had a lot of injuries. Um, you know, Hunter, you know, Hunter's out for the season. Uh, you have um, their other defensive end. Why am I having a brain fart on, on him now, too? Man, my brain doesn't want to work today. Not Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin, thank you. Know. He's out uh, with more personal issues. We don't have to get into the specifics of that. Um, but Anthony Barr has been dealing with a knee injury all season. Eric Kendricks has been injured. Patrick Peterson has had some injuries. I mean, Harrison Smith missed two games due to COVID. Delvin Tomlinson, who's a key piece for them, too, missed a game. So when you list all of those people, right, that's that's a big issue you're going to have. And then you add in the fact that, yeah, right there, no Adam Thielen. He was out last week and didn't participate this week as well. Um, KJ Osborne's kind of the third man, next man up. He's actually a pretty good third option. I like him. But that's really hard to to be able to win games when you have guys in and out of the lineup like that. So the fact that there are six and seven is pretty impressive. But at the end of the day, they're still absolutely in this to to make it in the playoffs. I mean, I, it's not like a resounding there's a high chance, but number of fire analysts have them as low as a 23.1% chance and football outsiders have them at, up at 36.6%. So they have an option and have two games against a not great bears team that can, they can throw in there. Um, so I expect them to come out playing hard, but even if, if it's kind of disappointing for them as, as for the season as a whole. You know what? And it's like with the Vikings. Yeah. You mentioned a lot of great points there, Mason, the Bears have had a lot of success against the Vikings. Matt Nagy specifically being 5-1 and one against them, as opposed to we all know what, what the record is when you face Green Bay, now 1-7. But that's, this is a team that the Bears have, I, I don't, I don't want to say figured out, but they've been on the other end, the winning end, when they face this team, whether it's been in prime time or just a lot of these noon type of games. So, it's going to be interesting because I think they have done a far better job at handling a lot of the injuries they've had this season. Like, you know, when, whenever you can lose your, your, your star edge rusher, Daniil Hunter. And I, I believe he's back. Right. I, I, I don't know if I thought I saw him playing. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to click on his profile here, but you lose him. You can lose Adam Thielen and then you can still put up points and yards and still be a guy that's, I mean, just still be, I think, a team that you have to, you can't just overlook the Vikings. If not, you're going to give up 200, you know, 200 yards um, on the ground to Dalvin Cook. But yeah, no, okay. Last game he played was Dallas, so yeah, he's definitely been out, Daniel Hunter. But if you could lose guys like that and still be productive and lead the league in sacks, like man, that's uh, that's something that to to be proud of, and that's what the Vikings are at six and seven, and not 
you know what the the bears measly what now the bears are four and nine yeah so let's let's talk about mason too quickly about this bears offense specifically and you know kind of mention this vikings defense a little bit we saw in the game against the packers now it seems so long ago but we were at lambeau field last last sunday it was an awesome experience a good half of football and then it went downhill as it usually does with the bears but they were making some explosive plays. They're putting up points. Justin Fields, for the most part, was handling the pressure far better in that game than he had at any point in the in the previous games that he had played. So there were some some strides for sure. Is there anything that you look at from that Packers game that hey, can we put this together for a full half? Is there something? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say too because we just don't know who the heck's going to be actually out there on Monday night, but. Ideally, if if everybody was available, what what is it that you kind of want to see continue from that Packers? I would say the first half from the Green Bay Packers game. Sure, and so and to keep in mind too, like let's just say for the sake of argument, the coordinators can't go. Uh, one would imagine Matt Nagy is calling plays yeah. um, if he hasn't been already. I mean, who knows at this point anymore what's going on <laughs> there? And then we'll get to it. But same thing on the defense. Mike Pettin would be calling plays. Matt Nagy had mentioned that today. Um, I'm going, I went back and I watched that game and I literally tried to, to block out mentally, right. The Jakeem Grant end around the, uh, Demir bird short route that led to an explosive play, the punt return. And when you really boil it down to a lot more of the, the other plays, it was a lot of the same stuff. It was a lot of the, it still wasn't great. It's still, there was still some three and outs in there. There still was a lack of, explosive explosive plays and being able to move the ball consistently in decent chunks got away from the run game even in the first half uh, and they basically cheated the run cheated the run game they, they, they were like hey let's do an end around at Jakeem Grant which technically was a pass but that was their extension of the run game uh Jason Peters gets hurt and the first thing that they did with their tackle that hasn't played in months is to put him one-on-one in pass protection and then lo and behold, I mean, you could, first of all, you could have called a hold on that play. I mean, you could have called a hold on a Definitely, lot of plays yeah. that Jenkins had, to be quite honest. But he gets bull rush, plow right back into the pocket. That's just bad awareness by the coaching staff. Like, what is what is going on with that choice? And so that makes me really question, depending on who's available, what the heck you're going to do against a Vikings team that, yes, is undermanned a bit and injured a little bit, but still overall a decent defense. And like you said, since the injuries to uh, Hunter and to Griffin – they're fifth in the league in sacks, which is really impressive. And so they're going to put pressure on Justin. And yes, Justin was able to escape the pocket and move, but he was, he spent the entire first half running for his life and produced a little bit. And then the second, and then when the second half came around, I mean, that's when, you know, everything just went to down, down the toilet. It definitely did Mason. And I think what we also need to see even from Justin Fields, and yes, like his offensive line did not do him any favors in that game against the Packers, consistently having to face pressure and, you know, being able to deliver the ball when he did have people in his face. But there were a couple of passes that obviously you wish were completed, the deep pass to Darnell Mooney. It seemed a little late off the hitch. But also, even you look at the pick six, you just got to know your personnel too, right? And we had talked about how Russell Douglas had even balling. For the Green Bay Packers, jump sitting on routes, jumping them, and that's what kind of happened in, in the pick six that Justin Fields had. It was it was a great pay, great play by Douglas, but it's like why why one is the play called to have 
uh, whoever the I think what was it was it Robinson or Mooney? I can't. I, I think it was, it was Mooney. It was Mooney. So he runs the hitch. It's like, man, Rasul Douglas has been jumping those for the past couple of games. So why is that the play that you call? And if it's a, a second late, he has the opportunity to jump that. And you know what? Lo and behold, he does it. So again, with you, how you're saying like the play calling, and if you know Bill Lazor's not able to go, it's it's Matt Nagy. So what's his going to be, what are his tendencies going to be? And I think we've already kind of seen that. It's just not good overall offense. So it's going to be interesting how the Bears kind of uh, approach this, how it changes their offensive philosophy, knowing that you have two tackles right now that your starting tackles, well, if you put Tevin Jenkins there, it's like there's inconsistency, inconsistency there. How do you call this game? Like David Montgomery's also on the injury report. I'm sure we'll see him suit up on Monday night, but it's like, there's all these just question marks right now. Mason. all these question marks on offense and not a lot of clarity as, as to how the bears are going to patch up or even manage this. And, you know, the other thing that we didn't talk about real quickly, the bears went through the today's practice, no live reps. That could be the entire week Imagine, like Justin Fields had just gotten back three weeks removed from actually playing. Didn't get a lot of reps from the week prior or that entire week. And then he's not going to get reps now. It's like, man, it, that could be, that could also be a factor in this one. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, cause that was something that you're looking specifically like for Tevin Jenkins, get some more live reps, right? Just be able to feel someone actually attacking you and get that muscle memory back. Uh, and then not that Justin's going to get hit in practice, but that live speed uh, of what he needs to be able to do on those throws yeah, I still think, you know, I still think he was hurting more than he let on in that last Packers sure. game, uh, definitely taking some zip off the ball. And so, you know, what is it like to actually to rotate through those ribs, to to generate a hip force through those hips? Can he get the ball on time? And he's not going to be able to do that just because there's not live reps. There isn't a defensive back trying to bear down on the receiver. There's not, even though he's not going to get hit, you know, right there, the timing is going to be off because he's not going to have a defensive lineman coming at him, all those things. So that's definitely going to set them back. But to be fair, that's probably what most of the NFL is going to be doing for this this week, especially. So hopefully it evens out the playing field a little bit. Hopefully, and, and we'll see come come Monday night. Uh, Mason, is, are there any, looking at this offense, just kind of transitioning slowly to the, to the defensive portion uh, of this podcast, are there any one keys – that could lead to the Bears having maybe sustained success throughout the entirety of a game or concerns with obviously this Bears offense with what the Vikings defense kind of presents. Concerns is still going to be Justin getting out of this healthy for me. Um, like I said, the Vikings are still technically in the playoff upon and you know, a decent chance in the, in the 20s or 30s. They're still going to be trying to win the game. They've seen what happens when you really bring some pressure against Justin Fields. Uh, especially with the line. I mean, we haven't really even talked about this recently. I mean, Cody Whitehair and James Daniels, like what were they doing in that Packers game? And even just recently. Um, and I believe uh, there was a, actually a really good article. If you have a, a subscription to the athletic, go ahead and read it by Kevin Fishbane. And he kind of, he put people into different chunks of what to look for. You know, people who can get paid by the bears, uh, people who are just playing for next year, essentially uh, people and things like that. One, the person he talked about was Cody Whitehair, who was put into, you know, playing for a 2022 roster spot. And uh, he says with a $12.3 million cap hit in 2022, 
Whitehair could be a cap casualty. Now, I mean, there's other things you have to fix on this roster. It doesn't make sense to create a hole just to create a hole. But if it saves you 12.3 million and you says, hey, Cody Whitehair is not doing what he needs to do, which is a fall from grace considering two, three years ago what I mean, I thought he was going to be, you know, a stoner cone of a cornerstone of this offensive line. I mean, he needs to pick it up. So I need to see players like him, James Daniels, who who in theory could or should be here next year. You need to you need to step it up because, you know, you might not be here. They need to step it up because their rookie quarterback needs them to. Yeah. You know, this shouldn't like, yes, I, I think I've, maybe people put Justin Fields on a higher pedestal draft status being obviously um, the franchise quarterback. Like he needs to make plays like it, to a certain extent, that is true, right? You, you want to see him make plays. Like there was a third down play and it, there was a play where Justin Fields in the Packers game escapes a pocket. He's not able to complete the pass to Jimmy Graham. It's low. And just another little nugget, like Ryan Pace sat directly behind us. The man, <laughs> Ryan Pace, like went back in his seat and literally stood there for, or was back there for five seconds. I'm like, is he, I'm like, where'd he, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Like Ryan, I just saw you move back in your seat. So he was, he was not happy that that play wasn't executed. And look, the, if the game was starting to get away. And um, if you read my article from, you know, this week, you know that he wasn't also happy about the Matt Nagy's decision to punt on fourth and inches. Um, so go check that on bear goggles on if uh, you're, you're interested, but, like they're yes, just field should make that play, but still Cody Whitehair, like consistently all season has not played very well. And James Daniels is now falling into that category. Like Sam Mustafer, we did, you know, we didn't see, we didn't see any of the bad snaps for the first time. And it seems like forever, but that's a low bar to set. Like, Oh, he didn't, he didn't roll the ball to Justin Fields. Great. So these low bar, (laughs) exactly. So we need these guys. They, the bears need their, their veterans really to step up make plays to help justin fields you know hopefully execute um mason i think you know just for the sake of who knows what's going to happen with my this internet connection because as you can tell i've been delayed maybe i, I haven't really been looking looking at the camera that's let's above move here. on to the defense <laughs> let's move on exactly but before we do i have to tell you about our partnership with owen if you're like mason and i we like to work out and stay active. And after a great workout, it's important to give your body the amino acids it needs to repel, rebuild proteins. And that's why we drink Owen. That's right. Owen, which stands for only what you need. All of Owen's products are plant-based, free of artificial ingredients, and are allergen-friendly. Plus, Owen uses high-quality and carefully selected ingredients to make all of its products easily digestible, like their Pro Elite Chocolate High Protein Shakes, which has 35 grams of protein, and it tastes delicious. And I first heard about uh, Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. You can get 20% off your first purchase with code TCA20 at liveowenowyn.com. That's 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Remember to use that code TCA20. Join myself. Mason and Justin Fields and try Owen only what you need. This is this is the Chicago Audible podcast. I am Nicholas Moriano, your host, joined by Mason West. We're about to talk about this Bears defense, Mason. And you know, I look at I look at this very similarly that I 
kind of looked at the the Packers game. There's an elite receiver um, in this game as well, in Justin Jefferson. The Vikings will get the ball to him in many different spots. He'll line up all over. He, you know, there was a play in in the game against the Steelers where it almost looked like Justin Jefferson wanted to pass it. So they like to get him involved. And then I think about the other side. Yes, you have Jalen Johnson, but man, if you scheme it up right, you can get Justin Jefferson on. Well, Xavier Crawford was on on the the injury list, but you can get him on maybe Artie Burns. You can get him on what now it's going to be. You're, you're going to see Deion Bush in this game with no DHC. Now there there's you're going on the back end of these secondary players. And that scares me, Mason. But when you think about this bears defense and think about the, the Vikings offense, what is it that you're, what, what first comes to mind? First thing that comes to mind is this would have been a tough matchup before the plethora of injuries in the secondary, and it's going to be worse now. Um, like you, you mentioned, some of the people that are going to be out, Xavier Crawford and DHC, and then just the question marks in terms – Artie Burns right now has the illness, I think, uh, mm-hmm. right now. Uh, then you have Kendall Vildor just not playing well, even if Artie Burns was going to play. I mean, they were flip-flopping during that Packers game. That There wasn't a consistency to that. Um, Eddie Jackson obviously now also – currently in the list of people who are out and he was the one that had to slide into slot corner during that Packers game. So even if you just simply took all this skill aspect out of it and just pure talent, that's tough with where the bears currently are at. If you add in the talent aspect of it and scheme and things of that nature, it's still not great um, because you did see that, like you said, uh, Devontae was able to get open. All they had to do was, I mean, not all they had to do. I mean, it's impo- really hard for Jalen Johnson to cover Devontae when, you know, you slip him behind the offensive line and then out into a flat. I mean, that's so much garbage that Jalen Johnson had to sift through in order to cover him. Um, but if you have someone that's intelligent, a smart coordinator, which I do think Packers coordinator, Packers offense, Aaron Rodgers, all that's going to is better ultimately than what the Vikings have. Um, and certainly Aaron Rodgers is more skillful than Kirk Cousins. And that's, I mean, I don't think you can even argue that. Uh, There's still, there's still a concern there. So, it's going to go again to, I mean, you have an Akeem Hicks back, so that should help the pass rush. Robert Quinn so far, knock on metaphorical wood because I don't have any near me, uh, is not on any list at right now. Um, <laughs> so, so that's good. They did a good job generating a pass rush initially in the first half against the Packers, and then the Packers adjusted and kick off the ball out quicker. So can you get to Kirk Cousins quicker than you did to Aaron Rodgers in the second half? And just allow for some of your secondary to maybe give a little more cushion. They don't have to be directly on the receivers and and certainly just not allow the explosive like big plays down the field because obviously that's what bit the Bears in the butt in the last game. You know, Devontae Adams had that long play leading to the Xavier Crawford concussion. Yeah, and another thing the Packers were doing in the second half, really adjusting to that short, quick passing game, kind of slowly not. Yeah, you look. You think at the last, the one drive after Matt Nagy decides to punt on fourth and one, that Packers offense in the fourth quarter chewed up over eight minutes of clock. Again, they knew what they had to do, but that is something that I think you, as the Vikings, you're looking at your offense going against a depleted Bears defense in the secondary. Can you adopt some of those similar things? Try to test out those secondary players, but we can't have this discussion continue the discussion without mentioning Dalvin Cook. Like that's a guy that obviously can do some damage over 200 yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Thursday night game. They were just 
wide open holes. Like Mason, just watching that game, I was just, I just couldn't even fathom like how that could happen where it, it was just Dalvin cook just ran, could literally be horizontal, roll, roll down the lanes and still get about five yards. It was, that's how open they were. And the bears, they can't have that, but you think about it, they might be without, let's see, Eddie Goldman, who was on the, the reserve list. I think it was Mario, did Mario Edwards go back on there again? Um, and then obviously Akeem Hicks is trending in the right direction, but and Kairos Tonga is is on that list as uh, uh, on the DNP list. So you have three defensive linemen who are in question, and maybe one that's coming back. So this is not the game for that, Mason. This is not the game to not have enough defensive linemen for, or even linebackers in that matter. So if the Vikings are able to capitalize on that, are able to get Dalvin Cook going, and I would say for the most part when they play the Bears and Vikings, like the Bears have actually done a decent job against Dalvin Cook. They, they've they found a way to, you know, not allow him to have these huge games. Um, but what was it? The last Monday night game they played last year at Soldier Field, Dalvin Cook started getting his yards after Akeem Hicks had sustained an injury in that game. That was, I think, somewhere in the third quarter. But prior to that, they did a decent job of it. I'm curious to see what these Bears, what this Bears defense can do. Um if they don't have their guys, and if they don't have their guys, how are they going to stop a Dalvin Cook? You know, one thing I don't want to see with the defensive lineman too, Bilal Nichols guarding and defending a running back in, you know, in coverage, like he did on Aaron Jones. Like that, that makes no sense, Sean Desai. If it, it just, you outthought yourself on that one. But yeah, it's another thing that we definitely have to be aware of when it comes to this Bears defense, Vikings offense, and you know, I think the Vikings right now are in top five in total yards. Like they can move the ball. They are the they're an offense that can definitely um, move the ball for sure. Um, Mason, is there is there anything else that we need to add about Bears defense, Vikings offense, anything that we think we need to hit on right now? One thing I would add. I mean, while it's true that, I mean, I, I feel like when we we think about this Bears Vikings matchup, at least when I do. I definitely think of like 2018-19 as the crux of that because, I mean, 2018 was such a high point, obviously. Um, you look at those games and, you know, Bears won 24-10, to 16-6. to But of the last five games, I mean, it hasn't been that great. Uh, like if you go to the most uh, – the last two games that they've played, you know, Minnesota had 99 net rushing yards. And then in the other game, they had 199 net rushing yards. Um, if you remember the – Oh, man, how do I put this nicely? Embarrassment, I guess, of that game where Nick Foles was playing and then got hurt at the end of the game. I mean, that was a painful game. Like, the only offense the Bears had was when uh, Cordell Patterson brought that kick return for a touchdown. So, but, and the defense was pretty porous at that point. I mean, they weren't really stopping the Vikings by any stretch of the imagination. So, I, I think a lot of our feeling of this Vikings Bears rivalry is connected a little more to 2018, 19 than it was to like kind of that 1920 aspect because it has not been as much in the Bears' favor. Uh, the Packers, I mean, they just made a decision besides you know getting the ball to Devontae. Also, they just decided, hey, we're going to run the ball, and they just blew off chunks: ten yards here, twelve yards here, ten yards here, nine yards here. You know, and that's even Nagy said they just shifted to like a power run scheme. And then, of course, you know, a lot of people who are listening to that press conference are like, why didn't you switch to a power run scheme? But that's a whole other conversation. Um, so 
I think you have to look. That's a long way of saying you have to look this, this through the lens of this ain't your, you know, your your grandpappy's bears in terms of like you just two years ago. It's a different defense, different defense coordinator, different age of players, different skill level of players, and all that wraps up into a. I I don't think this. I don't think they're going to stop the run as well as they have in recent years. Yeah, especially if they're missing guys, it's it's a tough task. So. We'll see what this uh, four and nine Bears team is capable of in terms of trying to stop Dalvin Cook on the ground and Justin Jefferson through the air, which is again not easy. And I don't think the Adam Thielen did not practice today, um, but it does. You know, there were reports out there saying that he is trending in the right direction, though, even though he didn't practice and could possibly play in the Monday night game. And that's just another thing you have to worry about, especially for your slot corner. And at this point, Mason, I don't – is that going to be – well, Eddie Jackson's on the reserve list. You don't have Xavier Crawford. Duke Shelley was designated to return today. Is he going to be the guy? Do you move Kendall Vildor in the slot like we had been talking about and keep Artie Burns outside? Or is it Marquis Christian? Like, all those names I just mentioned are not the best <laughs> at, at that, and especially if you have to go against a guy like Adam Thielen if he does suit up in this game. So – not an easy task whatsoever. But, Mason, we're going to move on to our X factors for the game. And I'll start this off in the X factor for offense. Here we go. The Bear or the Bears. Yes, the Bears wide receivers, whoever suits up. I don't care who it is. They need to absolutely target their – what would be the defense's left. So, on the offense's right side of the formation, there's two guys. Really, there's two guys that I, I would feel comfortable with. You won Bashad Breland, number 21. Mason, I, I watched the last two games from the Vikings. I I didn't think I'd see a, a corner worse than Kendall Vildor had been playing. Bashad Breland said, hold my beer, because that's how bad he has been this year. Whether it's pass interference calls, just consistently giving up yardage and big plays and touchdowns and not really staying with whether it's wide receivers or tight ends on the outside – he can't do it. He just simply cannot do it. And 20, like Rashad Breland, I think was either benched or was um, injured. And then you had Chris Boyd in the game. He wasn't even that much better. So that's number 29 as well. So that corner opposite of, I think it would be Patrick Peterson. I, I forget he's over there. To be completely honest, in, in Minnesota, to be, I just, I don't know, forget. But that is the X factor. Target him. Get Allen Robinson involved. Well, he's on the COVID list. Sorry. So get Darnell Moody involved. Get whoever it is that is available to play and catch a football on Monday night against number 21, Bashad Breeland, or 29 if he comes to the game, Chris Boyd. They haven't been good, but specifically Breeland. Like, I kid you not, is just one of the, the worst two stretch of games I've seen from a corner in a while. And look, we have... Kendall Vilder just got benched and not to drag on him, but it's been bad. Um, but Mason, I'll give it to you. What is your, your X factor on offense? Protection. Uh, it's just going to be, and not just straight up like, Hey, like let's load up and get, you know, have three tight ends in there. Cause first of all, I don't think you'll even have three tight ends available with, you know, Jesse James <laughs> on the and COVID list and, and Horsted, I think the illness, but um, can you, you know, give, chip help when needed and like legit chip help there are too many times in that packers game where it was just like a eh, i got your shoulder you got to actually make the 
the defender change their path a little bit. Um, so can you give Justin time to get to the deep ball? Cause that's what he wants to do, right? You know, he, he wants to throw it deep. Um, and then can you create a run game? Let's, let's say hopefully Montgomery Herbert are playing um, because Jason Peters was a big part of that run game. You know, he, he was a dominant force in terms of helping create lanes, especially on some of those outside zone runs. So can Tevin Jenkins do, can Tevin Jenkins do that? And if Larry Borum, let's say doesn't play, if Jermaine or Fetty's out there for the sake of argument, can he do that? Uh, Cause he wasn't necessarily the greatest on that either. So protection and drive. Can you create those two things on offense? I like that. Um, and, you know, the Bears will not be able to target Breland as much if they don't have that protection. So it goes hand in hand there, Mason. Um, X factor on defense for me, when I watch this Vikings offense, the amount of play action and misdirection that you'll see where, hey, Kirk Cousins will maybe fake off to his right and bootleg out to his left, it's going to require discipline. I discipline not only for the linebackers that may be dropping back in coverage, but for those secondary players, because you'll get Justin Jefferson on those deep crosses because of the influence of the play action, the movement of the line gets that defense moving one way, they go the other way. So that's going to be key in this one. You can avoid those big plays, those explosive plays on defense, if you are able to distinguish when where, where the play is going. That's all. That's through film work. That's through, like I said, eye discipline and just not taking the bait. So that's going to be a huge X factor in this one. And, you know, it becomes a little bit more effective if Dalvin Cook's doing his thing. You just, you're going to initially, you're just going to naturally gravitate towards wherever Cook's going, wherever direction he's in. And that's the the luxury of having a running back like that. Similar to what David Montgomery can do, right? Um, you just got to key in on him whenever he's on the field. So being able, and I'll just, to summarize it, discipline, especially when, the Vikings are running their play action plays and moving people around. What about you, Mason? What is your X factor on defense? Uh, something that the Bears did relatively well in the first half and not well in the second half of that Packers game is pressure the quarterback, in this case, Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, Kirk is an above average quarterback in all reality, but I mean, not for what he's being paid, that's for sure. But when you put pressure on him, when you make him uncomfortable, he just he doesn't move the ball very well. He doesn't get the ball out very efficiently. So you have to create sustained pressure. And that doesn't have to be sacks, but you need to get quarterback hits. You need to be, you know, around his legs. You need to be bumping him up around the shoulder area. You just have to make some degree of contact with him, right? Uh, and there's just too many times that you saw over the last couple of weeks even. I mean, that's not even just last week, but there was too many times where, the quarterback is just standing in the pocket or they, the Bears would lose contain even very easily where all of a sudden the quarterback just had to take two, three steps outside and all of a sudden they've essentially created a new pocket because you lost contain. You can't do that. And that will ultimately limit what someone like, you know, a Justin Jefferson can do. Um, I go back to, I believe it was last year, there was that uh, sound bite where you hear Justin, uh, Kirk Cousins overthrew Justin Jefferson. And he was like, basically, without going into the full detail of it, was basically, come on, give me the give me the ball in this spot, I can catch it. Uh, that's, that's what you need to create. You need to create a little bit of that animosity between Kirk and his receivers. I like that a lot. I remember that sound bite. It was hilarious um, because he was open. So definitely that's going to help the Bears um, be successful for sure. Let's go to our back-breaking matchup here, Mason, and let's do one each. 
where do you want to go with? Do you want to do backbreaking matchup on offense or defense? I'll do offense because I don't think you have this one. Let's hear it. Uh, I have Delvin Tomlinson versus Sam Mustafer. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, care to explain? So a lot of times when I do backbreaking matchups, I don't like to do the really obvious ones because, like, let's say go back to – Green Bay, like, yeah, sure, Devontae Adams versus whoever's going to, like, mm-hmm. well, no, 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 no. Um, it's going to be one that might even, like, be low-key, create problems you don't see immediately in the play. And we've seen Sam Musfer's had a very up, more down season. Um, he's given up pressures up the middle. His snaps have been, you know, a question mark with at least one. Last week was really the first week that he didn't really have an errant one, but um, at least one funky snap each time. And considering how Justin likes to operate, and we haven't really seen him be able to appropriately step up in the pocket at times, he likes to escape more on the like up and around into the outside. He loves to spin out of it. You know, if you all of a sudden get immediate pressure up the middle from a Dalvin Tomlinson, and again, it doesn't even have to be a hit, but just creating that pocket bending inwards, that's going to really mess up what Justin wants to do. Is going to mess up Justin's flow, and not just in terms of the passing game, but the run game too just the way that the bears operate in terms of that mesh point, you know, I, they're going to run it because they do every week, but if they run that wildcat and Dalvin Tomlinson is pushing Sam Musfer back into David Montgomery at, at the mesh point, it's going to create a lot of problems. And all of a sudden you have a one yard gain, if not a loss. So that is going to be huge, huge, huge for Musfer to be able to snap the ball effectively and hold the point of attack. I like that a lot, Mason, you know what, for my back breaking matchup on defense, I'll kind of go a, I guess, not as common one. Yes, I could say whoever's guarding Justin Jefferson, right? That's the backbreaker. Like, no, duh, it's the backbreaker. But what I saw just in, especially the Detroit game, and you saw a little bit sparingly against the Pittsburgh Steelers, was the Minnesota Vikings using Tyler Conklin really over the middle of the field, their tight end. So whether that is whoever's playing linebacker, um, for the Bears nowadays, whether it's an Alec Ogletree on one snap or if they have the safety, which in this case might be Deion Bush in those those nickel dime packages because DHC is gone. He may be tasked with guarding a guy like Tyler Conklin, who has been, you know, pretty decent this season. 49 receptions, 489 yards, three touchdowns. And like I said, in the Detroit game, he had seven receptions, 56 yards. So he was utilized being targeted with nine receptions in that game. Didn't have as much against Pittsburgh, but it's something where, oh, he gave up the first down to Tyler Conklin uh, over the middle. Maybe it was a five-yard reception. Then you just, again, keep all the other weapons on the field for Minnesota, and those are the guys that maybe are going to get into the end zone. But, hey, remember when Conklin got that reception on third down? So you don't want that to be the case where you did everything right on Justin Jefferson. If Adam Thielen plays, you covered Dalvin Cook. Ah, you left Tyler Conklin beat you on whatever the play is. So don't let it be that guy. And obviously, if you can take away all their other weapons, be fantastic. I just, it's not very, it's not an easy thing to do. Easier said than done. So that'll be my backbreaker. But of course, like Mason could have said, um, you know, where we could have just gone with the obvious but we didn't hear. All right, Mason. Um, quickly before we go into the last portion of our show, just want to give a huge shout out to um- Umer Rashid, who sent a donation. Uh, I think actually Mason, we were doing the live, the, the post game podcast when um, we got that Venmo um, 
just through, while we were doing it, I thought I saw a Venmo just pop up while we were recording and I couldn't get the name of the person. So Rashid, thank you so much for, for sending that. And um, if anyone feels inclined to send a donation through Venmo, you can do that at the Chicago Audible. Um, you can find it on our Twitter, the, the Twitter for the Chicago Audible, my Twitter, or um, if, like you said, if you go on Venmo and look up at the Chicago Audible, should see my name. And then the Chicago Audible logo, you can send us a donation. Just helps out with just overall costs that it takes to run this show. But again, thank you so much for everyone who's already donated and, you know, use that money for gas when we went to Green Bay. So it all worked out. Um, but Mason, we're going to go now to who has the edge here. And I think we're, you know, we'll, we'll start with this Bears rushing attack versus the Minnesota Vikings rushing defense. Mason, I'm throwing it to you. Who do you got in this one? Let's assume that the are, – are we going to assume that the players on the COVID list and illness list are playing, or are we going to assume that they're out? Let's assume they play because there's so many ways for these guys to get out of it, right? So let's yeah. assume they play. And like, if you weren't here at the top of the the show, or you missed the beginning of the podcast, go back and listen to that. There's a bunch of like good information there. Uh, but the long and short of it is, it's much much easier now for a player to get off of the COVID list than it was before, for better or worse. Um, so assuming, and even Dave Montgomery in this instance and Herbert, they're on the illness list anyway. So I'm pretty sure it's more like the cold flu, and that's not going to keep them off the field more likely than not. So I'm going to still give it to the. I'm going to give it to the, actually the Vikings rush defense. I was about to say Bears run offense. And the main reason I can't do that today is because literally what happened in the second half of Green Bay. One carry for Dave Montgomery in a game that you were winning coming out of halftime. And now you have Matt Nagy possibly doing the play calling. If you Again, if he wasn't already, conspiracy theorist, you can do whatever you want with that. Um, it's a problem. Uh, you would think that you would lean, especially, you know, you have Justin Fields who – was clearly still banged up. You, you know, you lose your left tackle, all these things. You're starting left tackle, all these things, but you came out not running the ball. Why would I have confidence that you're just going to do it? If they give the ball to Dave Montgomery, sure, they would do well, but I just don't feel like they're going to. Okay. Um, you know, valid reasons there, Mason. I, I, You can't argue there. Uh, I have the Bears passing attack versus the Vikings pass defense. And look, this is a defense that's given up a good amount of yards through the air and giving up a good amount of points. You look at the Pittsburgh game, it was a 36 to 28 game. And the Vikings in that second half were giving almost gave the game away. Then you have Detroit 29 points. The Detroit Lions put up on that Vikings defense and Jared Goff able to come back, man, what do they have? Like 40 seconds on the clock to drive down the field and, you know, get, get a touchdown to win the game. And I already mentioned Rashad Breland, Chris Boyd, those guys are not good corners. So I'm going to take the Bears in this one. Despite not knowing who's going to be protecting Justin Fields, I'm I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt that hopefully they can exploit that those matchups more times than not. But Mason, uh, going now to our next portion, Bears run defense, Vikings run offense. Ooh, uh, good question. Um <laughs> I, I'm just not not confident in the Bears' states, especially with the injuries. Uh, you even saw like Roquan come up hobbling at the end of that Packers game. Yeah. Uh, that's a problem for me. 
even if he's like able to play, right? Or that doesn't mean that he's at a hundred percent. And then if he had, comes up hobbling in the second, third quarter, that's that's huge. Uh, you know, Akeem Hicks is back. That's fantastic for the middle, but you're you're definitely lacking some depth with some of these other names that are on either the injured illness or COVID lists. Uh, if there's and even when some of those players are playing, the Bears have given up pretty large chunks to the Packers twice. Um, they and to the 49ers. I mean that that game was horrendous in terms of rushing defense. Uh, this I, I said this earlier. This just isn't your you know grandpa's Bears. So uh, edge the Vikings. Okay. And now I have the Bears passing defense versus that Vikings passing offense. And, you know, just like the Vikings have some liabilities in the secondary, so do the Bears. So, right, um, especially when you have Justin Jefferson, a guy that's just been tearing it up, I would know. I'm going to start him this week in fantasy like I have all season, especially as we approach the, the playoffs here in fantasy football. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the, the Vikings passing attack. I, you say what you want about Kirk Cousins. He can sling it. Now, if the Bears, like you were saying earlier, Mace can get some consistent pressure on him and make him uncomfortable, then we also see what that Kirk Cousins looks like. But I just, you know, we, we need to see a complete game from the Packers. We saw it for a half uh, against the Packers, and now we got to see what they can do against the Vikings. But I'm going to get the slight edge to the Minnesota Vikings there. And now that wraps up who has the edge. Mason, I'll throw it over to you for – for your portion of, you know, what is always a fun segment. All right. So this segment, as the name changes every week, I'm going to keep reminding people of that so that uh, you don't yell at me. Uh, this one is called Baron Down or Make It Purple Rain. Uh, I thought that was kind of a nice print, you know, yeah, well, nice little Prince reference there. Um, so reminder of the rules. Uh, injuries don't matter. Uh, just, and we're thinking, sometimes I change the, what, what the parameters are in terms of this, but we're just going to say, you know, you're starting You're starting a team next year. You're just building a team. Which player between these two would you throw on into that team for that season? Just that one. Okay. I like that. So, starting in 2022, not for 2021. So, I'm kind of looking to the future. I don't know about y'all. All right. So, on offense, Al Robinson versus Adam Thielen. Oh, um, hmm. I'm going Adam Thielen. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> uh, we got Darnell Mooney versus Adam Thielen. I'm still taking Adam Thielen. Marquise Goodwin versus KJ Osborne. Uh, man. I wonder what. Let's see. Can I pull up KJ Osborne's no, stats gut, real no, quick? No, gut like, feeling. Gut feeling. Gosh. Uh, I guess I'll go. I'll go Marquise Goodwin. Uh, David Montgomery versus Dalvin Cook. Okay. Okay. Um, I love me, David Montgomery. That that's my guy. But Dalvin Cook is like he's. I'm I'm going Dalvin Cook. Leave me alone. Don't don't yell at me. Cole Komet, Tyler Conklin. I you know I I know like people are. This is another down week with Cole Komet, right? I feel like he goes through these up and down spurs. I'll take Cole Komet for 2022, envisioning a better year. Tevin Jenkins or Christian Derrissaw? Man, I love Christian watching Christian Derrissaw, mm-hmm. uh, Virginia Tech. Um, I mean, the only thing we saw from Tevin Jenkins, right, was last, <laughs> last, you know, last Sunday night's performance. And Derrissaw, I think, is coming back from injury right now. So I'll still take Tevin Jenkins. 
James Daniels or Alessa Mega Udo? Ooh, is that their left tackle or Udo? That's that's their guard, uh, right guard. That's their guard. Yeah. Okay, um, I'll take James Daniels. And then Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins. I will take Justin Fields. Okay, phew. The only one <laughs> that I kind of differed on a little bit probably would have been Marquise Goodwin, KJ Osborne. Uh, okay. KJ Osborne quietly has been having a solid year, not based on stats, but I feel like every time I'm in, I'm watching Red Zone, he's making a deep catch. He's like he's gotten a couple like a score, if not at least one or two for touchdowns and overtime. Um, he's been doing solid as that wide receiver three. That's number seventeen. Why was I picturing yeah. right? I don't. Okay, I, if I could go back in time and just, I don't, I don't know who I was picturing for some reason. It wasn't him, but yeah, there was a whole drive against. It was a, it was a Pittsburgh in, in the Pittsburgh game where they went mm-hmm. to him three consecutive times. Like he gets open. He's, he's a nice compliment that they have. Um, but I chose Marquise Goodwin. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll. Uh, you can have him for any strikes for the Olympics again. There you go. There you go. Yep. All right. Uh, defense time. Quill Mack versus Daniil Hunter. For 2022, I will take Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack versus Everson Griffin. Still Khalil Mack. All right, Robert Quinn versus Daniel Hunter. For 2022, keep this. Man, Robert Quinn is so good this season. Is he going to do that again? I'll take Hunter. Jalen Johnson, Patrick Peterson. Jalen Johnson. Rashad Bruin versus Kendall Wildor. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I want to see what people would say in this in the <laughs> chat, like or even like go back, re-listen to this comment on like a tweet when I send this out later. But <laughs> give me Kendall Wildor. Give me Kendall Wildor. That's so bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> Roquan Smith versus Anthony Barr. Roquan Smith. Blal Nichols versus Sheldon Richardson. I'll take Sheldon Richardson. Tashawn Gibson, Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith. Eddie Jackson, Xavier Woods. Give me Eddie Jackson. And then lastly, Eddie Jackson, Harrison Smith. I've always liked Harrison Smith, so I'll take Harrison Smith. I despise Harrison Smith. Like, oh, I, I would I keep him <laughs> away from my team. I just, I do not like him. Well, I think he got a really bad rep too, and you know, uh, deserve it. Like he had a what was it? The hit on Trubisky, or yeah, what did that he was do? The like, that was the one that that was the shoulder hit uh, where uh, Trubisky injured his shoulder. That's right. Yeah. So I think ever since then too, like he's had a bad like taste for you know Chicago fans of Chicago. I've not liked him, especially since then. All right, and that has been what did I call this? Uh, bearing down or make it purple rain. That was I love the names. Those are really good. Appreciate it. It took me five seconds to come up with that name. Whoop. <laughs> All right, so not gonna lie, did not do over, uh, the over unders this week because I don't know who's playing. Like I really, I I started, no. I sat down to do it, and it was like, sure, I can like let's do Allen Robinson over six and a half catches, but it's like I don't even know if he's gonna play. There's no point. Maybe I'll throw some out on Twitter. Uh, follow me, and you y'all can retweet it and like it and vote on which ones you think. But and if we find out who's actually playing, um, because obviously also the 
Bears are playing Monday night. Today was the first day of reporting those. So the telling one's going to be Saturday. Uh, so yeah, follow Nick and myself and we'll throw some bold prediction things out on Saturday because right now it's pointless. Sounds like a plan to me, Mason. All right. Bold prediction and a not so bold prediction next. And remembering that for forever now, I will never forget. Uh, Mason, I know you always do. You're always prepared for these. So what do you got? What What's going to happen in this game? Bold prediction. I wish you would have said something about Jakeem Grant last week because you know, he was going off, but yeah. Any bold, what's your bold prediction for this week? Uh, bold prediction. So this one, I, I did kind of just went off without having to worry about uh, the, the COVID stuff. Cause it's like, and that's no fun. So my bold prediction on offense is that Jakeem Grant is going to out touch Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney combined. Oh my. So, oh my, I, so okay. I'm again, bold prediction. So I'm combining punt return, kick return and, you know, runs and catches all together. Um, Cause I don't think that what, I don't know. I feel like Allen Robinson maybe won't play. So that <laughs> a zero would help that prediction. Um, and then Darnell Mooney was, and part of it was the flow of course, but he really wasn't a part of the offense even. And he had some drops. Um, I think he's up to like a 6% drop rate right now compared to 1% last year. Um, Y'all can fact check me on that. I'm probably off by a percentage or two, but it, it's a big increase there. Um, and I again, stuff like that, Allen Robinson's lack of touch touches and Darnell Moody's lack of touches just shows how inept that offense was even in the first half. That first half was fake. Don't believe what you saw in the first half. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my offensive one. On defense, um, I think the Bears are going to get two interceptions in this game uh kirk cousins is not great uh at night games we know this uh the, the vikings have some injuries adam thielen won't be playing so that's kind of been his safety valve in a lot of games especially against the bears uh they they are on their second tight end because earth smith was hit hurt at the beginning Tyler conklin's been fine but not fantastic i i think justin jefferson is going to be playing on a new team sooner rather than later to be complete. Like when it's on time for his new contract, I don't think he's resigning with the Vikings. Um, I don't think he like as long as Kirk Cousins, the uh, quarterback at least. So um, yeah, two interceptions for the bears. All right. Um, so my bold prediction, I'm literally making this up as, on the spot right here and bear with me. I, I think, just, well, I don't think bold prediction. Justin Fields has a passing touchdown a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Let's do it in a COVID week where they're not practicing. Matt Nagy is going to say, Hey, I'm four and nine. I'm not going to be here. Let's go to back. What made me uh, likable in 2018. All oh, the trick plays. It's almost Christmas again. Santa slay all that crap, <laughs> but he's going to, he's going to pull it out for this game. And just, and just fields is going to have the trifecta rushing passing receiving and if that happens i am immediately going to go buy a lottery ticket and i already know i'm going to win but uh that is my bold prediction my not so bold prediction is that rashad breeland for the vikings is going to get cooked in this game just absolutely cooked even if the bears don't have an offensive line he's going to look like he has been the past two weeks and again, just watching what he how he's been playing, I don't want to say that I guarantee that because it'll come back to haunt me when if he did like gets a pick sick or something. Man, I can't even imagine. But I think the Bears will have success when targeting Rashad Breeland. 
Okay, that's bold predictions. Not so bold predictions. And now we have to predict the MVP of this game. Monday night, another primetime game. Mason, the, in the last MVP was Jakeem Grant. So I think you got to almost think outside the box for these because, like, that I would have never guessed that. So if I had to think outside the box for a primetime game, Bears, Vikings, and there's barely people. We don't even know who's going to play. Uh, here we go. MVB, like this is my bold prediction. MVB, Dion Bush is going to make a interception return and and cause a fumble on Dalvin Cook. So out oh, there, dude. definitely not going to happen. But hey, I, we don't even know what's going to happen in this game. So mark it down, Dion Bush as MVB for this one. What about you, Mason? So we joked about this, I think, before we went live. I can't remember when we were talking about it before or, or during the actual podcast. But um, if a lot of these players can't go that we're, we're seeing that are, you know, on these lists, you know, and Alan Robinson is there, Cole Komet's got, you know, the illness, Jesse James, things like that. Uh, you're going to have to have some of these other receivers slide up. So <laughs> that's going to be someone like maybe a Daz Newsom gets called up, maybe Rodney Adams. And because of that, someone happens to have maybe a little more chemistry with receivers like that because he played with them all summer instead of getting any reps with the ones. If the Bears have any chance of actually winning this game, it has to be Justin Fields. I mean, I know that's the cop-out answer uh, for the most part. However, like I said, I don't. if you don't have to necessarily – I don't say force feed, but if you don't have to, to force feed the ball to an Allen Robinson, you know, Darnell Mooney slides over to that one position. Maybe Cole Komet can't go. Maybe, you know – Horstead and, and Jesse James, even though they're not big parts of the offense, they're just limited in terms of your options. So some of these other guys are going to all of a sudden be in there. And because he's thrown to them before, I mean, we haven't seen it quite yet out of these people, but then all of a sudden Rodney Adams, it's the Rodney Adams game all over again, right? Daz Newsom finally sniffs the roster. And because of maybe that connection, the off time plays, not so, you know, when it, when it breaks down and Justin has to scramble, because right now this is a little sidebar, but the Bears receivers are not, and tight ends are not helping him whatsoever. Like, you know, those scramble rules, it's like they're non-existent when he when he goes. There was one in particular um, when he was scrambling in the red zone, and it was like the, the receivers just all clumped up. It was awful. There's was, there was nowhere to throw the ball. Um, so that's, again, a long way of saying if Justin Fields, it has to be him. If Justin does not play well, they will not win this game. And it's just kind of how it is quarterback ultimately is the one that is going to either be you know help put up on the pedestal because you did well we're going to be trunched through the mud because you did not play well i completely agree with that mason and most likely will be just fields and not dan bush um all right mason wait who's that fullback they just signed is it mason something is that actually his name was it mason well i don't know why i'm thinking ben i'm i don't know it's probably ben here you you start talking i'm gonna figure that out okay all right, we, we have to pick a, a winner for this one, and I I really don't even know where to go with this, you guys. Um, I, I'm kind of curious what people are thinking in the chat, if people will listen to this again tomorrow. What Who's going to win this game? Like, the Bears are 4-9. They played a good half, or they played a competitive half with the Packers in terms of points, but I really am struggling to pick this game. Ben, uh, Scotty's saying Ben from Michigan. Ben from Michigan. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, ben Mason right, I don't know. last name is Mason. Knew it. Oh, look at that. Combining uh, my good. Uh, ben Mason, MVP. Ben Mason. There yep, there we go. Uh, game pick. I am going 
Bears 20 for Vikings 21. And I think this is the first time I picked the Bears in like over what? No, no, I picked them uh, against the Lions. So on Thanksgiving. So I guess not too long ago. But I'm picking the Bears in this one. Why? There's no really good reasons for me to pick the Bears. But Bears 24, Vikings 21. Matt Nagy continues that, that dominant streak against the Minnesota Vikings, something that he can't really do against Green Bay Packers where it really matters. But Mason, what do you got? Oh, man. I mean, I'm picking the Vikings uh, 24-13. Um, even before all this came out about the COVID stuff, I was going to pick the Vikings. Uh, the Bears have no momentum whatsoever. They lost it entirely with that Ravens game and have just been going downhill. Uh, it's If anyone's ever been on a, on a losing team with a coach that may or may not be there or anything like that, it's it is hard to get motivated. Um, it's hard to put in the extra work. And then throw on top of that now, the fact that the Bears are going to be doing stuff from home significantly more and all that. Like, I mean, like a lot of teams are, but the Vikings are in a, I just feel a better state. They're in a good state. The Vikings are in a great team, but they're in a better state than the Bears are right now. Uh, and there's just, there's just too many question marks. Uh and I think if you go like across the board, I mean, on offense, if you had to pick whose offense as a whole is just better, the Vikings have a better offense. Uh, I would have been maybe in general, the defense might be a bit of a push, but that depending on who's playing things of that nature, but it's, a, it's hard. It's hard not, it's hard to pick the bears in a situation like this. Uh, we, if it was like the second matchup and like the Vikings weren't in playoff contention, maybe I'll pick, have a different point of view. No, I, I get that, Mason. And um, yeah, they, they the Vikings are in a better situation right now. They're a better team, um, and their record reflects that. We talked about like they can grind out. They're one. They've been in a lot of close games, and they've actually come out on top. So, I mean that that's the indication who is a better team right now. Um, now we got to go into our our confidence meter. Like I had the Bears winning what twenty four twenty one. And I think it's going to really be a very close game. Like, to the very end, last drive, whoever has the ball, whether the Bears' defense steps up, offense needs to score, it's going to come down to that. But in terms of my confidence that the Bears will win, I'm so used to them losing that I can only give this, what, a slightly above a 50%, so like a 5. I'll give them 5.5 that they'll win this game, that they'll somehow take care of business and – Get a W at at Soldier Field and get their finally their fifth win of the season in Week 15. So that's where I'm at with the confidence. I'm at like a seven uh, in terms of confidence that the Bears will lose this game in the fashion that I described previously. Um, there's man, there's just so much funkiness going on, and it'd be different, I think, if the culture of the team was better where you knew that, you know, the leaders that, that have stepped up like a Roquan Smith, a Dave Montgomery, uh, they were more like allowed to be leaders. If that makes sense. As of right now, they almost have gotten pushed back a little because of what the culture of the team has been. And then some of the other guys in the team, you haven't really been able to be there, at least in terms of games, you know, Khalil Mack has been able to be there. Keith Hicks hasn't been able to be there. Eddie Jackson hasn't been able to do any, do much this year. He's, he was in and out of the lineup. So it's, there's just not a lot for the bears to grab onto uh, in terms of some of the pride and things like that. And there were comments like uh, Jalen Johnson mentioned um, there are guys in the locker room that are really not happy right now. And then there are guys who are willing to push and grind and, 
do a little more. Uh, one would assume he's one of those people, especially like he put it on himself after that Packers game. He mentioned he needs to be able to play in the slot that right now he doesn't have the run fits and he doesn't have the ability to drop into the zone out of the slot like he wants. So he needs to work on that. But that's not that's not across the team right now. Um, as a side note, do you know if the Carrius Keys, who recently got signed, is currently wearing number 39, Eddie Jackson's old number? Just interesting side tidbit. That's it. That, yeah, that's still like I see four out there, and yes, I know it's Eddie Jackson, but if I ever see a 39 out there, I'd be like, hey, he just 30, 39 or Eddie Jackson's back. That is interesting. Uh, Mason, the kind of final thoughts here. I will say this about the Bears when it seemed like it got to the lowest of lows, and I think Cleveland, how that game ended up a 26, six, 26 to 6 blowout. House Hall was on fire. There was a lot of noise and what what's going to happen with the Bears, you know, just a lot of rumbling. The Bears came out and win. The next, their next opponent, the Detroit Lions, 24-14, right? Very similarly after the Baltimore Ravens game. That's where then a little bit later the reports came out that Matt Nagy would be fired after the conclusion of the Detroit Lions game. Bears weathered the storm and get squeak out a win, 16-14. Now here's the next thing. And I will give Matt Nagy credit here is that when there have been these very adverse times, a six game losing streak, like these times, the locker room has for the most part stayed together. It hasn't just completely blown up in anything like the Tressman years. This is another one of those tests, a different one, a COVID related one where everything's back. They're all backed up against the wall. And now they got to somehow find a way to win. And, you know, they they kind of showed that they could – I don't want to say they could handle this, but they they kind of done it before. But we'll see what happens on Monday night. I'm not trying to sway anybody's opinion that Matt Nagy's a good coach or anything like that, but um, they, they've kind of been in these adverse situations where they look like oh, the stacked against the wall. They luckily have played Detroit after those two terrible times, so that also helps as well. But just want to put that out there for my – final wrapping up thoughts there mason you got anything to close us out while i agree certain individuals in this team definitely have the ability to to do everything you just talked about said keep it afloat i don't necessarily feel that that's the the essence of this team right now that i think you kind of see it in the way even the leaders that do talk when they talk like when dia montgomery stepped up uh not in the last week but the week before in the press conferences i mean there was still like a a heaviness to to that leadership that he was even presenting um in the beginning of the year like one of the things that a lot of the media uh, and, and fans kept talking about is where are the, some of these leaders to do the press conferences um because some of the vets weren't talking it was roquan smith out there after every game having to answer these questions about stuff that had nothing to do with his play because he was playing phenomenally it was the other players so and at the end of the day, if there was someone who was the definition of a cotton-headed Nini Muggins, that would be Matt Nagy. <laughs> uh, just in terms of his ability to, I mean, again, he seems like a great guy, but like just to, to lead a team, it doesn't seem like he's all right. He's all there. So, uh, it's remember what uh, you're watching this game for. It's the developments of the young of the younger players. It's seeing who's going to be brought back, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see like the players who have some pride to who are playing for future contracts because there are some players who will not be on the Bears but are looking for the next team. So uh, that that'll be kind of interesting to watch as well. Well said, there, Mason. And if you don't get that reference, I 
I don't know what to say to you. So we'll leave it at that. Go watch Elf. And yeah, um, we'll talk to you after the conclusion of Monday night's game between the Chicago Bears and Minnesota Vikings. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.